Well, good Easter morning to you, church. Man, it's so good to see especially some uh, fresh faces that we hadn't seen maybe since uh, early last year. So uh, just want to celebrate today the resurrection of our Lord as Gary led us in moments ago. He is risen. He is risen indeed. Today we celebrate the empty tomb. We celebrate the great vacancy, really, that fills our lives with meaning and hope. The miracle that sets Christianity apart from every other faith on the face of the earth. We acknowledge today the hope-infusing reality of the resurrection of Jesus Christ. And we worship the one who stepped out of that tomb the resurrection is God's reminder to all of us that hope is never lost, that life can spring even from death, that in the end for those who trust in Him, there really ain't no grave that can hold us down. Amen? Now what a year it's been. Uh, it, it's, it's just been uh, a year like no other, certainly, that I've experienced. Last year, we were locked in our homes uh, for Easter Sunday, unable to gather as a church. I remember recording the resurrection message on my iPhone in my backyard, battling the birds uh, behind me. Uh, man, I don't know about you, but uh, pardon the pun, today is a real shot in the arm for me. I am just thrilled to see the church gathered again. Uh, we had uh, a good crowd here for our early service, and it's good to see so many of you here uh, for our regular service. Uh, a lot of faces uh, this morning, earlier and right now, that we hadn't seen in a long time. Uh, some of our kids are starting to trickle back in, so uh, it's just an exciting time uh, right now at Tapestry. Uh, it's good to be the church. It is good to be the church, especially on Resurrection Day. This year, just as Jesus stepped out of that tomb, uh, many of you are stepping out and, and stepping into life once again. It's been a draining season of isolation, of illness, uh, of conflict in our culture. Uh, a long year that has taken a lot from us and left many of us running on empty. So if that's you this morning, I just want you to know that you're not alone. The resurrection of Jesus is God's shout in the midst of all of this that hope is not lost, that brighter days are ahead, that ultimately His way, His truth, and his life will prevail. Springtime is here. I know at our house, our azaleas are blooming. The cherry trees have already bloomed. And it's just beautiful time of year. My favorite time of the year. Uh, Thursday this past week uh, was not only Monday Thursday, but it was April Fool's Day. April the 1st. Do we have any pranksters out there that still like to play jokes on April Fool's? Anybody? We had several. We got a couple right here. Okay. Had several um, in the first service. It's interesting. I read this week 
about one of the most famous April Fool's pranks uh, ever played. Uh, it's known as the Spaghetti Harvest Hoax. Anybody ever heard of that? The Spaghetti Harvest. Yeah, you were in the first service, Gary. Um, I'll tell you. <laughs> well, that's true, yeah. Um, on April 1st, 1957, um, that's before you were born, Gary. Yeah. Uh, April 1st, 1957, a BBC uh, television a news reporter uh, reported that a Swiss region near the Italian border had an exceptionally heavy spaghetti crop that year. The camera then cut on the BBC to images uh, like the one behind me of people picking pasta off of trees and bushes and then sitting down as a family to eat a homegrown spaghetti dinner together. Uh, the BBC was shocked. Their switchboard was actually shut down shortly after this aired. It was flooded with calls from people wanting to know where they could get those spaghetti plants and how they could best care for them. In the famous words of P.T. Barnum, there's one born every minute. Skeptics have said from that very first day that Jesus stepped out of the tomb until today that the resurrection was a hoax in and of itself. That the entire event was staged for a gullible audience. That Jesus' body was moved and the story of his resurrection was spread by his disciples. But those skeptics are at a loss to explain the eyewitness testimony of over 500 people who saw Jesus pierced with a spear on the cross to assure his death, buried in a tomb, and then three days later, walking the streets of Jerusalem. The Apostle Paul responds to the skeptics of his day and the skeptics of our day with these words. He said, For what I received I passed on to you as of first importance, that Christ died for our sins according to the Scriptures, that He was buried and that He was raised on the third day according to the Scriptures. And that he appeared to Peter, and then he appeared to the twelve. And after that, Paul said, he appeared to more than 500 of the brothers at the same time. Most of whom, Paul said, are still living when he wrote this. So they were still alive to dispute the claims of the resurrection. Paul goes on to say, And then Jesus appeared to James, and then to all the apostles, and last of all, he appeared to me also. Peter, Paul, James, each of the disciples, to a man, refused to recant the resurrection for the rest of their lives. All but John were tortured and martyred for their faith, when all they needed to say to save their lives was, it's not true. Nobody dies for something they know to be a lie. 
The resurrection was no spring prank. The blood of the martyrs testifies to the reality of Jesus rising. The empty tomb filled them with courage. It filled them with faith. And it filled them with hope. And it does the same for us today. As the Apostle Paul told the Colossians, For in Christ all the fullness of the deity, all the fullness of God lives in bodily form, in the incarnation. And you, we have been given fullness in Christ. The empty tomb fills us with hope for the future. The resurrection reminds us that in Christ, life always finds a way. Always. That when all seems lost, even when a final breath is taken and a loved one leaves us, it's not over. Amen? The empty tomb fills us with hope for the future because as Paul told the Corinthians, we know that the one who raised the Lord Jesus from the dead will also raise us with Jesus and present us with you in his presence. There's a reunion coming, church. Amen? There is a reunion coming. I'll see my dad again. You'll see your loved ones again. I'll see my mom again. I'll see my brother again. Kim and I will see our son again. The vacancy in our hearts left by the absence of those we love is an emptiness that only the resurrection can fill. But it's not just hope for a heavenly future. It's a living hope for today. This past year has left so many people just feeling stuck. I know I've been there at times uh, during this season. People feeling stuck at home, stuck trying to make a living, stuck trying to educate their kids, about to get stuck with a vaccine. It's like that huge freighter that was stuck sideways in the Suez Canal last week. He can feel like the weight of the world has been just stacking up behind you. But just as the angel rolled the stone away to free Jesus, God promises us a brighter day. The empty tomb not only fills us with hope for the future, but it fills us with peace from the past. Jesus' death on the cross settled our sin once and for all. That which separated us from God. He took it upon Himself. He paid a debt He didn't know because we owed a debt that we couldn't pay. He died for our sin and then He rose again to validate that payment. Some 700 years before Jesus came, Isaiah had a vision and he saw the sacrifice of Jesus. And Isaiah put it this way. He said, he was pierced for our transgressions, for our sin. He was crushed for our iniquities. The punishment that brought us peace was upon him. 
and by his wounds we are healed. The empty tomb means Jesus conquered sin on your behalf. Because of that, you have peace from your past. Whatever your past holds. Forgiveness for your sin. Freedom from your failures and your flaws. You can throw those grave clothes off and step out of that past and into the hope that God has for your future. You know, I did that almost 30 years ago and I hadn't looked back since. Jesus healed my past and He can heal your past and He can fill you with peace. Speaking of the depth of God's love for us, the Apostle Paul told the Ephesians this. He said, I pray that you have power Power to grasp how wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ. And to know this love that surpasses knowledge that you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. The empty tomb fills us with God's love. And it allows His love to evict our past and replace it with His presence. It gives us hope for the future, but the empty tomb also fills us with joy in the present. The resurrection is not just about the by and by, it's about the here and now. Jesus said, I've come that you might have life and have it more abundantly. Who needs a little bit of that right now? And I think we all do. I think we all do. Jesus said, I've come that you might find meaning in this mess and find joy in this journey, regardless of the circumstances. And how are you doing with that today, after the year that we've come through? Are you finding joy still in the journey? The empty tomb enables us to do that. Again, regardless of what's swirling around us. How many of you have been watching the Final Four, Little March Madness? Two? Okay. Man, they're not going to do well on the TV ratings this year. I don't, yeah. Got several of you watching that. Baylor and Gonzaga, right? Tomorrow night for the championship. Should be a good game. Those of you who've been uh, keeping up with the March Madness, did you, did you see the story of Sister Jean, the Loyola uh, chaplain? Anybody see that story, Sister Jean? She's a nun, um, been at Loyola for years and years and years. Uh, she's the chaplain for their men's basketball team. She's 101 years old. And she's in a wheelchair now, just, I think, transitioned to a wheelchair since, since last year. Um, but she is passionate about God. If you go and check an interview out with her, it's, it's amazing. Uh, she's passionate about God. She's passionate about prayer. And she's passionate about 
her players. They have no bigger fan than Sister Jean. She prays with the team before every single game and has done it for years and years and years. She used to take the microphone at the beginning of every home game, go to center court in her mid-90s and pray a prayer before every game for her team unashamedly. And I saw an interview with Loyola's current coach, Peter Moser, uh, Porter Moser, the other day, and he recalled the first game he ever coached there and the first exposure that he had ever had to Sister Jean praying for the team. And he said he bowed his head, and then he heard her begin her prayer with this. She said, remember, mid-'90s at this time, she said, Good and gracious God, today we pray for the official's eyesight. May the lens they look through see only our opponent's fouls. <laughs> you pray it, Gene. Go, sister. Man, don't you just love that? She insisted this year on getting her vaccine as quickly as she could so that she could actually be physically present uh, at the games in the tournament. And she was. And she prayed for her team from her wheelchair then. Um, it, it, one of the only folks, you know, that was allowed in as an audience uh, uh, to those tournament games. Uh, she said in an interview that she wasn't afraid to be there because <laughs> God was with her. We need a little more of that too. The empty tomb gives us joy. Sister Jean kind of joy in the present. Abundant life today if we choose regardless of our age. And finally, the empty tomb fills us with promise. Promise for all eternity. Kim and I have used the same dry cleaner near our house for like 15 years. Um, and, you know, just driving up to the window, it's a, a little Korean couple, owns it probably about our age. Um, I hadn't been up there very much uh, during the pandemic uh, because Jacob and I wear our pajamas to work now. Uh, we have for the last year, so I hadn't needed to tidy up any. But uh, I took, took these clothes in um, to the dry cleaners this week. And uh, when I was pulling through, um, I noticed man, 15 years, it's the same lady at the window. And there was a different lady um, at the window. And um, I dropped the stuff off, and I went home and told Kim. I said, that's kind of odd. You know, there's somebody different at the, at the window of the dry cleaners. And then I went back and picked up my cleaning on Thursday, and there was a, a different person there then. Um, and I asked that person where the couple was. I said, do they no longer own the business? And uh, the fellow there said, yeah, I own, I own it now. Um, she decided to retire after her husband died uh, a couple months ago from a, a, a form of aggressive cancer. And I thought, oh my gosh. It struck me in that moment, man, just how quickly things can change. How we're here today... <laughs> What does it say in James? Our lives are like a, a vapor. How we're here today, and we're gone tomorrow, and then somebody else just steps right in, and life goes on. And that just set on me. 
and, and, and as I'm driving home, it's just five minute drive to the house. Uh, it was heavy, and I and I, I just you know saying God just. On this resurrection week, thank goodness that Jesus came out of that tomb. Thank goodness that that these folks uh, have some hope to cling to. And then I got to the house and came in the house with my dry cleaning. And things seemed just to be a little bit heavy uh, when I walked in the door. And I asked Kim, I said, is everything okay? And, and she told me that, that, that Rachel was kind of upset because her best friend in pharmacy... in pharmacy school had called her and uh, her best friend's brother 27 years old um, healthy young man uh, Rachel's friend as well she was friends with with her brother um, just didn't wake up Thursday morning just his, his he was living at home during the pandemic just about to finish law school and graduate next month and his mom found him Thursday morning and both of those situations just back to back right there were just stark reminders for me and they can serve as stark reminders for all of us why the empty tomb matters that we're not just gathered here today just because of tradition we're not just gathered here today just because this is what we do we are gathered here today because Jesus came out of that tomb and because he did we have hope beyond this life death has no hold on us let that sink in things can change just like that just like that That's why the empty tomb matters. It fills us with promise for all eternity. And by placing our faith in Jesus, we too overcome death and the grave. Let me ask you something this Easter morning. Have you done that? Have you honestly placed your faith, given your life to Christ, and acknowledged the reality of the resurrection? It's not about just tradition. It is about the reality of a resurrection. And that is where we place our faith in the power of God to overcome death and the grave. Speaking to the sister of his friend Lazarus, Jesus to Martha said this, and I leave you with his words this Easter morning. Jesus said, I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me will live. Have you placed your faith in Christ? Even though he dies, and whoever lives and believes in me will never die. And Jesus looked at Martha, and he looks at each of us this morning, and he asked this question. Do you believe this? It's a simple question. It is the question of Easter. It is the question of life. Have you given your life to Christ? 
Have you stepped into the reality of His resurrection, to the reality that you too will overcome death and the grave? Let me encourage you to do that if you haven't this Easter morning. Let's bow our heads and pray. Father, we thank you for the risen Lord this day. We worship him. We celebrate the gift of salvation. We celebrate the reality that you have filled us with so much because that tomb was empty. And Father, for those here today who may not have stepped into the reality of the resurrection, Lord, I pray that today would be that day. That by the power of your Holy Spirit, you would draw them to yourself. And in the seat where they sit right now, whether in this room or within the sound of my voice, Lord, in their own hearts, they would invite you in. Their sin would be forgiven, Lord, and they would be assured of the reality of spending an eternity with you. And of spending an eternity with loved ones who have, by faith, trusted you as well. Lord, we thank you and we celebrate who Jesus is and the fact that he is here because he has risen. We pray that in his powerful name. Amen and amen.